Hey everybody, <clears throat> thanks for joining us again today. Today we're going to look at Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 8 through 20. You ever heard somebody say, if only I had all the money in the world I needed, then I would be happy. Well, that may not in reality be so. How many millionaires or even billionaires do we see in our world today who aren't really happy? When riches come, also come many other situations with them. I've read many stories about uh, those who have won the lottery, that all of a sudden they had relatives they didn't even know they had coming out of the woodwork looking for them to help them. In our text today, Solomon is going to start by talking about the rich and poor as far as justice goes, and then he's going to go into a lengthy discussion about riches. So let's read Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 8 through 20. If you see the oppression of the poor and the violent perversion of justice and righteousness in a province, do not marvel at the matter, for high official watches over high official, and higher officials are over them. Moreover, the profit of the land is for all. Even the king is served from the field. He who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver, nor he who loves abundance with increase. This also is vanity. When goods increase, they increase who eat them. So what profits have the owners except to see them with their eyes? The sleep of a laboring man is sweet, whether he eats little or much, but the abundance of the rich will not permit him to sleep. There is a severe evil which I have seen under the sun, riches kept for their owner to his hurt. But those riches perish through misfortune. When he begets a son, there is nothing in his hand. And he, as he came from his mother's womb, naked shall he return to go as he came. And he shall take nothing from his labor, which he may carry away in his hand. This also is a severe evil. Just exactly as he came, so shall he go. What profit has he who has labored for the wind? All his days he also eats in darkness, and he has much sorrow and sickness and anger. Here is what I have seen. It is good and fitting for one to eat and drink and to enjoy the good of all his labor in which he toils under the sun all the days of his life which God gives him, for it is his heritage. As for every man to whom God has given riches and wealth and given him power to eat of it, to receive his heritage and rejoice in his labor, this is the gift of God. For he will not dwell unduly on the days of his life, because God keeps him busy with the joy of his heart. So when we look at this first section where he's dealing with uh, the idea of some are oppressed and some give justice out of perversion, it's interesting because we see this in our world, but we often don't take it to the next step, which is what he's doing here. Yeah, the oppressed are often not judged the same way as those who uh, are better off, but more well off. But what Solomon says here in this section is that even those who are better off than the oppressed have those who look down upon them as not being as well off as they are. And so they still look down on them and still don't give them the real justice that they 
deserve. Then he goes into what riches can do. Now, let me start off by saying this, because I don't want anybody to think if you're a millionaire or a billionaire, that you're automatically a sinner. That's not at all what he's getting at. But what he's getting at is when one puts all their trust, all of their meaning of life into what they have. That's not a good thing. He says, one who loves silver will not be satisfied. Why not? Because they'll always want more. And the more they get, the more they want. Money is not what brings satisfaction to life. Secondly, he says, money can keep one awake at night. Money alone cannot bring peace of mind. Some might lay awake at night wondering, how am I going to get more? How am I going to keep what I have? So there's no real peace of mind there. Next, he says, some hold their monies to their own hurt. They hoard their riches. They don't share them with anyone. But here's the tragedy. Sometimes money can be lost, all of it. Then what profit is it? Who does it help? He speaks of how we came into this world. We came into this world with nothing. When we leave this world, guess what we're going to take? Nothing. There's only one thing that we're going to take with us when we leave this world, and that is our soul, our soul. Then in verses 18 through 20, he gives some insight into proper use of riches. Enjoy it while you can. I'm not talking about just going out and wasting it. We know that because when we see the prodigal son. But you know, some people work hard all their life. They hoard all their money. They keep it all. They die and it just passes on to someone else. He says, you work for it. Enjoy the fruit of your labor. Enjoy your wealth. Use it to uh, do some things in life. Use it to help folks in life. Use it to share it with the Lord's work. Secondly, he says, be thankful. Whatever you have, riches or not riches, we should be thankful for all that we do have because of what God gives us. Third, don't waste time. Time is a commodity, as we've talked about before, that all of us have the same amount. And once it's gone, it's gone. You can never get that time back. Someone outlined chapter five as being about relationships. Verses one through seven, a relationship between man and God. Verses eight and nine, relationship between man and government. Verses 10 through 17, between man and gold. And verses 18 through 20, between man and gratitude. You and I have so much to be thankful for. As a Christian, even if we have no earthly wealth, we are still the richest people in the world because we have the blessings of God. Thanks for being here. See you next time.